It's a sensitive, delicate deal dragging brand new songs out of the sky, trading ideas, accepting some, storing others in the maybe later bag, moving on and along with hardly a plan. During the Zep years, I never imagined a full-scale album project without the other guys, and even less the idea of new writing partners. But then, since 1981, I've enjoyed many amazing, exciting musicians in the sharing, in the writing, in production and engineering. Men and women who encouraged and enlightened, introducing me to crazy curves I could never have imagined. For this podcast, I'm going to be picking out some songs from here and there along the way, mixing constant shifts in sound and intention from across this long, old time. There's a story in all of them. I'm Robert Plant, and this is Digging Deep. Okay, we've reached the end, my friend. This is the final episode in this series of Digging Deep with Robert Plant. And as is traditional... We end with a kind of special show, not just the song that we're discussing, which is a brilliant tune, but also all the other stuff. Uh, as you might know, we don't always just talk about music. And each finale of every series feels like the kind of end of a chapter and the start of a new one, which, what with everything that's been going on in the world, does kind of feel emotional this time. Uh, the song, though, is a proper killer. Bit of background. It was recorded by Robert and Patty Griffin with an all-star band, and it was previously unreleased until it appeared on the 2020 Digging Deep compilation album. We have an album named after the podcast. Not the other way around. The song's called Too Much Alike, and it's a cover of a 1957 tune by the rockabilly hero Charlie Feathers, who, aside from having a brilliant name, sounded like quite the character, as you'll hear. But, as I say, we started this episode, the final one of this series, with... A conversation looking back at the very start of the Digging Deep podcast. Okay, so this is this is the final episode of this season. And before we started this interview, we were talking about how long, when the first one of these was. Hmm. It's April 2019 we started doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's a funny thing to do, isn't it, this, really? Um, I think the thing about Charlie Feathers is nobody ever spoke to him. I mean, then you never break the, you don't go through the veneer or the the shellac or whatever it is, but here we go through it a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's still a show. It's still what it is. It's just nobody's getting through to the sangreal, but there it is. How have we changed since then? What have we learned since 2019 then, Robert? Since well, I can this. be as trivial as you like because there's no point in getting too serious about it. I had, did try on a pair of my landlubbers from 1969, a special jeans, and uh, that was very interesting. My grandson can't even get them on. <laughs> so there are lots of things that have changed. What's changed between... I don't know. There's a lot going on everywhere that I can't even begin to comment on. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing my best to be to please myself and to be good at what I do and do a good job of it and keep clean company but it has been really nice watching this podcast and there's the there was the box set and there was the album and it's kind of become your a real part of your 
musical kind of world yeah. which is, makes me really proud because I love doing these I love speaking well to I like stuff. doing it but yeah yeah I do I, I, I'm always going oh no 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 <laughs> you got to speak to him again this didn't Sonny Boy Williamson didn't do this but <laughs> but then again you know I don't know I mean catalogue songs there's I don't know how many songs I've co-written but um and I have no idea, really, not a, not the slightest idea. But I know that there are very few that I, in fact, none of them would I have ever let run through my fingers into any area of projecting me if I didn't believe in them. So discussing songs is, well, you know, there's all the cheesy things about talking about music, like dancing about architecture. But in truth, if you're talking to the guy who made the music it's different to whether or not you know you think that Hapsash and his coloured coat and the human host and the heavy metal kids were really very important to prog rock you know it's not a surmise it's just here here's this guy that's done some stuff and um quite like that I've heard some dreadful podcasts of people who awful. actually are so ill-informed <laughs> and they've been uh, even in uh, uh, enunciating the English language. I mean, it's quite something. But here we are. It's a sunny day, and um, let's just get it on. Yeah, I think this is it. I think, because maybe if the intention early on was like, there's stuff that you've done that, that you know, I want to I wanna talk about that and think mm -hmm. about that and listen to that again. Now we're kind of adding to it, because there's mm. things that we're covering that have just come out. Yeah. So it's kind of That's become, true, yeah. it's not just a document no. of, of what's gone before. No, and I'd like to, if we Which do this nice. in the future, is to play a couple of things that haven't come out. Yeah. Because I've got some incredible stuff. Well, we talked, yeah, because we talked, we talked before about, about like one of the things that you did recently was like, well, I'll just, I'll just see, I'll go through the, I'll go through the archives and have a bit of a look. And you said you found some amazing stuff. Is that, is that process still kind of? Well, I don't know because I, we, we've just got to get one foot in front of the other now. You know, it's like I feel like um, the whole idea of documentation and looking at stuff and going, "Oh, this is really good." I don't know whether or not people. I care about it probably much more than anybody else. Not in not to say put my chest out, but to say, "Wow, listen to these guys I was playing with in X place or Y place." I mean. Nick got a note the other day from somebody who, because on Desert Island Discs, when I really finally made the grade, uh, it's the last <laughs> He's finally step, made it. Last step before knighthood, uh, <laughs> or sorry, last step before good night. <laughs> um, I played an Ali Farka Toure track from um, the album with Ry Kuda, and I think it was uh, I mentioned that I'd been in a situation with him in the desert north of Timbuktu, and how how off the wall and un, unreal it really was to end up singing quietly off stage, just sitting around a fire, just singing like people do all around the world, just just sing with somebody. But the cultural difference and the mindset, where it was coming from, the two of us. And I mentioned it on the, the radio program and then Nick got a, um, a note from a guy from the BBC who was there and, and recorded it on a mini disc. So I'm going to call him in the fullness of time just to hear 
what an impromptu moment that was. Those those are things that would that I find just glorious. Where it doesn't matter about the engineering or the EQ on the voice or like, you know, bring up the bass. You know, where's the cowbell? More cowbell. <laughs> you know, it's just like um, those sort of things are more exciting, really. So they've never been heard. So that's the thing. I'm up for that. Let's do that. Mm. Okay, so this episode is a song called Too Much Alike, which I knew nothing about until... It's because you're young. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Look at me. Yeah. Look at this. This isn't yeah. the face of the hair or the body of a young man or the mind of a young man. Well, mine is. <laughs> well, um, whatever's left of it. <laughs> at least ambition. Um, so, yeah, Charlie Feathers. Is that hmm. right? Yeah. Who? This is the guy that wrote and performed this. So yeah. like, I've, I've done a little bit of research into this, but who was Charlie? It's a great name. Sounds like a vaudeville music hall. Well, Charlie Feathers uh, was, I think, he was the, the Elvis that never was. Right. And there's a lot of them. But he, he carried his blistering fury all the way through his career because, um, because he thought that that was the case. Yeah, I was reading that Charlie Feathers used to claim that he'd arranged... That's all right, and Blue Moon of Kentucky for Elvis, which is completely total rubbish. <laughs> well, you yeah, c- that was me. That was me. Was yeah, you should have come in with something a bit more juicy than that, really. I would have thought, you know, he recorded with Sam Phillips uh, on uh, Sun Records, and um, he and Matt Curtis and a couple of other rockabilly guys, they really just had it down in a, in in that whole. I mean, let's say rockabilly covers everything from. Crazy Cavern, I suppose, or that's rock and roll. But it was where country singers were dipping into trying to get into a younger market. Oh, you so it was, it was like actually they were looking at. Well, he was he was borderline, I guess. Yeah. But there were a lot of people that really some of these adventures that older country singers got into were really not working. But Charlie Feathers, I suppose, really, he might have been a couple of years older than Elvis, who knows? But the bottom line was he he had these tracks and they were great. But obviously it's got that novelty lyric again, the country thing to it. And there were a lot of those things like uh, I forgot to remember to forget, you know, that sort <laughs> of those great songs that uh, you know, I was looking back to she. She was looking back to see if I was looking back at her. Said John Mayle or whatever. You know, so this too much alike to like each other like we used to do. I mean, it's a, yeah. That is, it's yeah. a great. Yeah, line. it is. It's great. It's a brilliant. Lyric. But it's not. It didn't have the. It didn't have the kind of resonance of Presley and Raoul Donner and Conway Twitty at yeah. that time. People like that. You know, this was like 1957. This came out. Yeah, right? I think yeah. so. So whiz forward to. 
2011 or whatever it is. And, um, and we're in a studio in Nashville, Marco Giovino, Byron House, Buddy Miller, Patty Griffin, myself, and uh, Daryl Scott. And we were cutting this, these tracks, like just, again, flinging them out of, of, from anywhere. Dave Rawlins and Gillian Welsh were kind enough to, amazingly, actually, just say, hey, here's this old studio that would cut some great stuff with, G, uh, with Glenn Campbell and that, that, that. So in we went, and we just couldn't stop recording anything. Letter to Pretty from uh, Love's second album, De Capo. We were doing anything and everything. So really, this whole idea of this country duo and duet with Patty, it's, it's a no-brainer because it's, sadly for her, it's not in a very kind key for a woman to sing a lead line. So, but she does a, good, a great job of it. And so the whole session, this Too Much Alike, must have taken 15 minutes. And there it is. And uh, the Buddy Miller solo is just the essence of absolute cutaway humor that is Buddy Miller. I mean, there's one note all the way through. You like to say that I'm to blame. I like to say that you're the same. But too much alike to like each other like me. Wrote down yeah. like like the the twang is just yeah. superb. We used to do rock and roll and Led Zeppelin song on stage, and of course, it was a country tempo that we did it at with pedal steel and uh, as a duet. And then when it got to the solo, well, you can't get anywhere near the master, so why not just play one note? So and then he'd look incredibly earnest from under his hat. <laughs> his eyes would look lovingly at me as he went. <laughs> it was superb really good so i think that that record that track you know is another one of those things where you're just having a great time yeah it's it's a it's a brilliant cut 15 yeah. minutes is amazing as well mm. i mean it's not exactly it's as far away from a lot of stuff that i do as i could possibly get but i was reading about charlie feathers because he's like for a lot of like people who who hold rockabilly really dear, especially like the younger people that mm. like, because people feel a certain way about rockabilly. Absolutely, don't they? yeah. It, it's it's uh, like exactly the size of the turnips. Where's the denim come from? Oh, it's it's a religious thing. I know that people care. Don't they? Why is it about? Why do people still? Why is it so important to people? I don't know. Well, like, it's great, clearly. But take two Camden Working Man's Club. Yeah, at Kentish Town. I used to go up there with my son-in-law, Charlie Jones, and we both had long hair. And we'd go and see uh, Hugh Lane Duval, I think it was. Uh, there were various rockabilly artists were playing, and the whole scene was absolutely brilliant. It's Incredible. Amazing. John Peel would be leaning against the wall at the back of the room taking stock of Rose Maddox. And, um, and we, if I went to the toilet, the bathroom, I'd go to the toilet, and all the rockabilly guys would be just putting 
that combs through their brill cream and uh -huh. just pushing the quiffs back and bringing them forward, taking the piss out of me and Charlie. So I always used to walk down Malden Road in the middle of the road along the white line in case they <laughs> jumped me on the way out. So I went into Sounds at Swing uh, in Camden Parkway recently. I saw the bloke in there. Uh, and I, I relate the, the story of like the purest rockabilly thing mm. and the hair thing and all that. He said, well, don't worry, son, you'll be all right now because none of them have got any hair. <laughs> <It's really, laughs> I thought that was, oh, so I'd be all right now then. But um, yeah, there's a purity and a, a, an allegiance. Yeah, that's the word. That's yeah. the word. And, and uh, yeah, I think it's brilliant. Mm. And it's, it's a good look still. Yeah. Some, some things like sartorially have not aged well, but Rockabilly just, it just looks good. Yeah, I mean, if you go online and try and f find stuff, clothes and things like that, there's a lot of trash around. But it, it, the look was great, really good. Yeah. Probably needed to be a bit more tearaway. We don't, it was a different thing here than in America. And mm. the Teds were here and all that. We, there were no Teds in, Teddy Boys in America or nothing. Yeah. Uh, the fingertip jackets didn't really, the Edwardian thing was a, it was just a shard from that other thing uh, but it was great and too much alike is the essence of that and you know i mean i've uh it's a funny thing really but uh, we've been looking at all the all in that idiom of music how many unissued tracks i've got mm. uh from everything from working in new orleans with a uh, little band of gold doing fats domino stuff or working with um with the big town playboys with Jeff Beck doing uh, Lookout Mabel and stuff. There's so many tracks that are great. So, you know, I do still have a fingertip jacket. We're too much alike to like each other like we used to do. Have we enjoyed that? Was that another nice series? Yeah, I'm beside myself. Uh, I've got dance lessons tonight. I can't hang about. I'm going to become the, um, the Lionel Blair of uh, Wolverhampton if I carry on like this. <laughs> and but I really enjoyed it. And thank you for um, and thank you too for for being. You can put the towels away now. Um, for being so kind. I love doing it. And the thing we always ask, we've always asked this. You know, should we keep doing these? At some point, should we do another series? Sure. I think it's a great idea. I look you firmly in the eye. It's just we have to find some way of actually getting it out there. Yeah. Further out than it. Yeah. Into other places where people can decide whether or not the white coats should arrive now or after tea. Let's do it. Let's do it in Morocco. Let's do it somewhere else. Let's do it. Let's take a map. Stick a pin in it and go and record somewhere else. Well, I know where the Berbers women sing like Cher. <laughs> That's a hell of a place. Yeah, it's east of Zagora. Good to speak to you, man. And you too. Thanks very much. You like to say that I'm the same. We're too much alike to like each other.
That was the rather brilliant Too Much Alike by Robert Plant and Patty Griffin. And that was the final episode in this series of Digging Deep with Robert Plant. Uh, but, as you heard, hopefully not the last series, though things might evolve into some strange and interesting new forms next time. Thank you, really thank you for listening, as you can hopefully hear in the show. We do really love working on this podcast. It's become a pretty special document, I think. So your enthusiasm and your ears and your time are very much appreciated. Listening back, we've covered so much ground, so many songs, so many stories. So if you haven't listened to any previous episodes, uh, do dig in. Dig deep, in fact could be a podcast title there uh if you're listening to this episode in 2022 don't forget you can see robert and alison Krauss live performing uh, touring extensively throughout the us uk and europe from june through to september go and check out the shows they're just on amazing form and thank you again for joining this we do this for you guys as much as we do it for us so thank you i've been matt everett see you next time This has been a Cup and Nuzzle production. Alexa, play Too Much Alike by Robert Plant and Patty Griffin.